Hello and welcome back to the Retail Podcast. Now today we're going to take a, a slight detour from our uh, traditional focus on retail technology and what's going on in the world of retail, customer experience, data and AI, and actually look at product. I'm joined by Liam White. Dr. Wills, who uh, Liam is the CEO of and, and co-founder of, are basically a condiment business. But they're probably one of the fastest growing condiment businesses in the UK, if not the fastest growing. And they are already available in grocers such as Tesco's. But this isn't about condiments. This is about our lives, about sugar, about sustainability, about B Corp. But Liam, before we get into all of that, um, I'd love to sort of unpack who you are, how you got here. And actually to help us, what, what I'm doing, we're, we're launching a, a retail news website and it's retailnews.ai and it'll be launched somewhere in the summer. And what, what we're doing is using obviously AI to produce the content and all the other things. So I asked the AI to give me a view of you. So I'm hoping this is in, in like, so let me read it to you. And, um, Actually, the first part talks about Dr. Wills, UK's first all-natural condiment brand. And this is Liam, the co-founder and CEO of Dr. Wills, introduced the brand as a maker of naturally sweet and delicious products that demonstrate superiority of natural sugar sources over artificial alternatives. And actually, really topical because that was in the news this week with one of the major beverage companies uh, being infected with the use of the artificial um, sweetener in one of their products. Uh, but let's get down to who you are. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's available at Tesco's, Waitrose, Avocado, Holland and Barrett, and independent farm shops and delis up and down the countries. But who are Liam's professional background includes JP Morgan, McKinsey, Credit Suisse, Rothschild, and a, and a testimonial um, on your page. Praises Liam's passion uh, for his day. It's like, it's funny. But anyway, if, if, if your passion in, of, in bringing innovative and healthy products to market. So, how do you go from banking to making a, a better eating environment for the UK uh, population? Yeah, it's probably not the most traditional journey. Interestingly, um, there's a, a surprising number of uh, like ex-investment banking food founders in the UK. I come across a handful when I've been at kind of you know networking events and things like that. So, although it sounds like a very odd, non-traditional journey, there are a few others doing it. Um, yeah, I started my career. Um, after a series of internships uh, at JP Morgan. Um, so I was an analyst there um, uh, in investment banking, which is a pretty um, tough working environment. You work really hard, lots of hours. Um, and uh, yeah, like really interesting place to work. But I quickly realized that I was uh, quite entrepreneurial. I've always had aspirations to, to, to run my own business. And I also, uh, like working in kind of larger companies is quite uh, quite hierarchical and it takes a long time to kind of, you know, work your way up. And I've and I, wanted to kind of move a bit quicker than that if I could um my mum is a food writer so there's some oh, wow. personal inspiration there and so I kind of grew up like surrounded by lots of good food and interested in um you know interested in what's on the supermarket shelves but also in kind of restaurants and and and, and kind of you know innovative cuisine um and then um yeah a couple of years into the into banking journey I met Will and Josh who are my business partners um who had the idea for essentially a healthier range of condiments um so we were looking um looking at the the market and seeing that everything was was getting healthier so if you look at snacks we were going from crisp and chocolate to protein bars and popcorn and you know grays with nuts things like that um and then there was also this whole craft scene that was going wild so craft beers and um uh, like 
you know, gin distilleries popping up all over the place, Fever Tree doing an amazing job with the mixes. Um, and we just kind of realized that, you know, people were trying to make their plate as healthy as possible. Um, but we're sort of unaware of just, you know, they're adding the same sauce, same condiments they've added for years and years. Um, and often they're loaded with sugar and we just thought we could do a better job, but equally use the best quality ingredients and make them really, really tasty at the same time. So that's, you know, that's, that's the purpose of a condiment. And that was, yeah, back in 2017 when we started our journey. Oh, fantastic. And, and I assume you're still, you're Forbes 30 under 30. You're still under 30. Uh, I'm 30. So yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully you keep it even when you, uh, when you get a bit older. <laughs> Where do you come? <laughs> so, they don't, they don't I'm just, just 30 but... under 30. Well, oh, actually no, I'm 30 and 30. Anyway. I was 28 when I got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That explains it. If you were able to go back to younger self and have a chat with him to help him get to where you are now, what would you like to say to him? What would you say to him? Yeah, I think, I think you often get really caught up in the minutiae of your, of your day to day and, um, you know, problems that are absolutely problems and things that are, you know, big challenges for you at that time, you know, undoubtedly will get solved. And when you kind of zoom out, I think, um, you know, sometimes you get hung up on quite small things. Uh, and I think I would just try and just enjoy every, you know, each, each phase of my life and, you know, everybody says to you, you know, when you're at university, someone a few years older says, you know, these might be the best things of your life, enjoy them and all that kind of stuff. And you sort of listen to them and sort of nod along, but often you don't really take in that stuff. And I think I would just, yeah, try and try and listen to listen to that advice as much as possible and just, you know, focus, like just enjoy every stage of the journey for what it is. Um, and yeah, not get, not get too hung up on kind of where you're headed and things like that. I think if you, you know, if you work hard and you have a, you have a bit of a plan, um, you know, you, you, those things can, can fall into place. Um, and I think, yeah, I think lots of us are, are sometimes like too guilty of being like really, really obsessed with, you know, <laughs> obsessed with, with kind of. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. In terms of putting that in, in terms of, and obviously you, you're just 30, right? So I don't want to, you're like, you know, the, 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 the guest that I just, um, recorded an interview with was obviously in his fifties. And so, you know, there's, there's that journey. And I think it's important to, 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 reflect on that it is a journey that people are on but i'm curious from a from a business perspective raising capital doing everything what are the lessons that you've learned because you've done the the, the biggest uh, you've jumped that biggest hurdle you funded you're in shops you had to go through so much pain to get to that well what for you were the major milestones or hurdles that you have to get over yeah lots of them and that's not to say that there's not another new set of hurdles that you've got to get over yeah no there, there there will be for sure i think something my you know i was guilty in the early stages of so i'd have i speak to my fd quite a lot who's a bit more experienced and has um you know he's he's in his uh and his 50s not if not 60s and uh as you know seen a lot more than i have and, and i'd sort of say you know, i just need to get through this stage and then we'll be okay and he'd say we do need to get through the stage but then there'll be another challenge and he's absolutely right you know you can you think that you, you know you, you've got the only challenges now, but there will be, you know, different and bigger challenges in the future. Um, I think, yeah, if you break it down, I think, you know, launching the product at the, at the very start uh, would be the first thing. So finding a manufacturer and then and creating a commercially available product. Um, I guess. Uh, finding, is it manufactured so, in the U? Where, where is the product manufactured? Yeah, in the UK. Okay. UK. So, yeah, about an hour and a half outside London, uh, your facility there. Um, so yeah, all in the UK. Um, yeah, getting our product made, um, raising funds, I'd say, and then getting on to sort of launching initially into um, like delis and farm shops, 
um, and kind of smaller retailers, then getting into a few kind of prestigious places like Selfridges that really kind of started to open doors for us. Um, and then going on to the, you know, started to work with the big growthers, the likes of Tesco, Waitrose, Ocado, those kind of guys. Um, I think those are, yeah, those are some of the steps, but there's been, you know, millions on the journey, lots of, you know, building our product range. So starting from, you know, basically ketchup and barbecue sauce at the start through to a much fuller range of products now that span kind of ketchup, mayonnaise, hot sauce, dressings. Um, so yeah, there's been, uh, you know, tons of learnings and tons of like little milestones along the way. I think it's important to celebrate those because you're, you know, um, you're always going to have more challenges, whatever stage you're at. And you've got to kind of celebrate the, the wins as you go. And it's, it's all too easy to, you know, achieve something that you have been working on for ages. And, you know, maybe a month or a year ago, you'd have been over the moon to have achieved it. Yeah, yeah. And you can get kind of drawn into the next, you know, just the next challenge and, and often forget that. No, that, 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 that's true. In terms of um, the culture that you're building, obviously I, I watched one of the adverts that you've got out there and it was very sort of, you know, uh, fun um in that sense as ceo what type of culture are you looking to build yeah um it's really important to us to have a like a fun culture um trying to build a brand that people want to you know people want to buy and but also that people want to work for so we just try and be quite modern with how we do things so i mean we've got um you can look at look at our brand and you know we're the only guys that have pink ketchup we have a massive exclamation mark in front of the bottle and you know it's sleek and we try we're trying to make a beautiful brand but at the same time um we're trying to do things a bit differently um and we're pretty unashamed about that um and we are well, and you know we this is this yeah, exactly. is what you're right that's our ketchup yeah exactly and that, and like the kind of the reason for that is we were you know looking at ketchup which is ubiquitous product lots of people are, are pretty much sleepwalking down the supermarket aisle to go and grab their favorite brand of ketchup that they've bought for years and years um, or to buy a supermarket own label product um and we have to stand out so everybody has a pretty much a white label um and yeah. we decided to do to do a uh to do a pink label um and the exclamation mark is is all around kind of like stop and think um think both about kind of sugar but also about your condiments about quality about you know sustainability everything um it's just that big kind of exclamation mark and then we use the different the different point on every product so we've got the tomato and the ketchup and then you know an egg for the mayonnaise and, and things like that chili on the on the on the hot sauces so you know trying to keep it fun and playful um but have something that people want to you know want to have on their table and then from a culture point of view in the business um yeah we just you know we're just normal people and i think like there's so much formality in in in, in business that you know some of it is required but some of it really isn't um so we just have you know honest conversations with people we try and just you know treat people like people um and and just have a um you know pre try and be pretty, as straightforward as you can be um uh, trust people to you know to, to get the work done um and and not be you know not be too not be too sort of overbearing yeah I, I got you one of the things that was really interesting uh in terms of uh your your approach you obviously you're, you're a young company but you went for b certification uh already how and i know there's a lot of greenwashing that happens. What's your honest take in terms of the sustainability elements and how, how, cause I noticed again on the website, and I'll, I'll bring it up about recycling and, and, and being, I'm just curious about how that measures within your part of your culture and the organization. Yeah, definitely. So it's really important to us. Um, so we decided quite early to, to go for certification to become a B Corp because I think it's yeah. a, a B Corp essentially is a commitment to, to better business. So you're, you're committing to, you know, we're absolutely a for-profit business. We're not, uh, you know, we're not charity, but you're committing to balance profits, profits and purpose. So you're, um, you know, you're not forgoing one um, for the other. 
Um, and essentially it's a commitment from our side to do everything to try and do better business and sustainability is one angle of it, but it's also, you know, doing right by your, by your customers and by your staff. And that kind of anchors every decision we make in the business. Um, and then from a sustainability point of view, you're absolutely right. There is a lot of greenwashing out there. So we just try and, um, and, and to be clear, we're far from perfect. Um, it's a journey that we're on and we've made, I think we've done some things really well. There's lots of like small things that we're, that, that, that layer up. And I'm a big believer in that, you know, that's, it's quite rare that there's like a silver bullet that kind of, you know, fixes everything, but, uh, quite often it's just this, it's like a series of, of good choices. So we just try and we use glass, um, but for a lot of our products, um, and then we also use, we use squeezy, like a plastic squeezy bottle, but we've ensured that it's, you know, fully recyclable. Um, the lids, um, the lids are also recyclable. We're moving to labels that are so that the, they can all go in the same recycling streams. So we just try to do, just try, try to make all the right choices from like a packaging point of view. Um, yeah. So like trying to figure out, you know, what's the next thing? Cause they're the stuff that we have now is, it is really good for, for what is on the market, but also we're looking at kind of big innovation and is there, you know, things like sugarcane packaging and there's all sorts yeah. of interesting things out there. So we're, you know, we're absolutely like keeping abreast of all of that stuff and trying to make sure that, um, yeah, we can, we could, we're just always thinking ahead with, with sustainability and trying to, yeah, trying to have the, you know, a robust, um, uh, like sustainability, sustainable supply chain. What surprised you? When you were going through the creation, because I noticed you guys did some research in terms of how much sugar was in other products uh, and the impact. Your source of sugar is through dates only, or do you use other sources of sweetness? Yeah, so dates primarily. So uh, if you take ketchup, for example, um, you uh, like all the there's there's a bit of sugar in in tomato, for example. So you get you you will get a little bit of the sugar will come from like a tomato or from an onion, you know, like natural sources. But they all come from natural fruit sources. Um, so yeah, we've used uh, we have used agave as well, like in our um, sweet chili product. But they all we try and use natural natural sugar sources. So it's, it's basically dates and tomatoes where the where the sweetness comes from in our ketchup. Um, and then just use less of it. That's the other thing. So it's it's one thing to use natural sugars, but also we just try and use like a sensible amount. So yeah. I think, you know, if you, you mentioned sugar crime. Um, I think if you look at barbecue sauce and like, I'm not going to sort of mention any particular brand because it's, it's pretty much across the board. Like there are, yep. you know, if you turn, turn the product around, like frequently there are products that have 50% sugar, 35% sugar, 40% sugar. And it's just, you don't need that much sugar. And if you think about it, if you put like, you know, a serving a decent, a few dollops of ketchup might be, you know, 30, 40 grams, 20 grams of sugar. And it's just, uh, you know, it's not, you know, then you have a few more dollops and like, you're not far off a can of Coke. Um, but you know, if you have a can of Coke, at least you kind of, you know, you're, you're constantly making a decision to have a sugary beverage. Right. Whereas yeah. it's kind of, it's sort of hidden in a sauce. So that's, the, that's, the, the, kids, that's the thing that gets me is yeah. that, um, and you know, two boys, I am constantly, especially with ketchup, cause that's the example you guys used or Dr. Will, who is an actual doctor. He uses that, you know, he was using ketchup on the vegetables, which I think all yeah. parents do. And then all of a sudden you look at the label and it's not only the E, forget the sugar, I can live with sugar. It's all the E numbers that then are uh, following yeah, exactly. the, the, the things. And you're like, oh man, it's, especially in cereals. But that, again, I know you're not in cereal business, but there, there, there's got to be a, um, a better way. There's got to be another way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Like it's, it's, you know, we keep it really simple. So we use, you know, we use dates rather than like lots of like white refined sugar. And then we just yeah. use less of it. Um, and in doing that, we think, you know, there's still some sweetness in the product. Absolutely. That's a key part of, of, of the flavor. Um, and I think you could, you know, you could absolutely make like a zero calorie, zero sugar kind of product. 
Um, but it, you know, probably wouldn't get probably wouldn't get very far. There are some on the market, but people are people are used to you know when you have a ketchup, you want to have some sweetness, you want to have some some of that sort of vinegary um, that vinegary punch. You want yeah. salt, things like that. So we absolutely have those things. We're just trying to have it in sensible quantities and then just use the best quality ingredients. So I think if you look at, you know, if you look at our product, um, you turn the pack around, everything that's in in there are things that you'd have in your kitchen. So it's, you know, to, like if you look at our ketchup ingredients, it's like tomatoes, onions, mm. dates, spices, that kind of thing. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's just, it's just trying to use like, you know, good quality, simple ingredients and not pad out our products with, you know, lots of gums and thickeners and like you said e-numbers preservatives all of that sort of stuff you just you just don't need it like you know with a with a product that just has tomatoes dates and some vinegar and a little bit of salt you get plenty of shelf life there isn't any need to to fill them with you know preservatives that you can't you, know, you can't recognize have you cracked the nut of making people care because i think that's one thing lots of brand companies play on is the fact that the inertia of of change and making that change. I'm just curious from your research or from the work that you've done, making that a topic that's important, which it is for people's health and the consumer. Is there a secret or is there a way of, of bringing that to life? It's a great question. I think, have we cracked the nut? I think we are getting people to care. I think we need to get lots more people to care. So we're on that journey. Um, I think, lots of people really resonate with our brand and and they you know they want a healthier option but equally they want great tasting condiments and i think what we try to do is not compromise so i think if you do compromise yeah again and, and and we were guilty of this at the start we were trying to make you know the a product that was so low in sugar um that it didn't deliver on flavor and it tasted yeah. you know too different and and you know didn't didn't quite have the balance that you expect in a, in, in a ketchup now i think we've got to a stage where we have products that really do deliver in their own right like we're not saying they're good for a healthy ketchup like these are like our products are delicious and they you know they've won great taste awards and i'm really passionate about making products that just taste great and always yeah. happen to be healthier i'm curious on where you go from here liam in terms of you've had so much success but there's so much more to do in terms of growth of the company it, what's what's top of mind for you is that the, the the key driver for the next sort of 18 to 12 months for you i think yeah we're we're a few years in um but we're we're very much on this uh on this path to to try and disrupt that the, the condiments industry so we um we're at stage we're in lots of the kind of major retailers in the uk in particular and we also export to a few markets around the world and now the next challenge for us is just taking on um you know scaling up to to the next level and taking on some of these these big brands that have been around for, for years and years and just trying to essentially offer um, you know, a healthier but but great tasting product to more people. Um, so it's kind of scaling up that that you know distribution, but also just awareness. So trying to um, get our product out to as many people as, as as we possibly can. And we know that you know when people try our products, they love them. So the big challenge is is getting them into you know into many people's hands and their mouths as possible. Yeah, I, I'm I'm as I keep going back to as a father. This makes so much sense for me. It just takes away the, the the guilt and pain of not giving them what they want, but giving them what they want with something that's that's better for them. It's really great to find a passionate group of people that genuinely want to change the way that we eat for better and who also care about the world and environment that they live in and, and we live in as well. I think these are really important sort of pillars, if you like, of um, business today. 
Liam, with all of that, I want to thank you for giving up your time. And where can people find out more about your business? Are you on all the social uh, channels? Yeah, we're on all the social channels. So uh, our website, dr-willswillf.com. Uh, Instagram at dr, d-o-c-t-o-r underscore wills, w-i-l-l-s. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's kind of where you can find and, us. Are you doing D2C at the moment? Um, yes. Yeah, we do. So you can buy our products on our website. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, we're on Amazon as well. And then in the UK, lots of retailers and, and also uh, in sort of select parts of, of, of Europe, Middle East, Asia. That's fantastic. Liam, thank you so much. Thanks very much, Alex. Thanks.